بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم احمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد منوكيجن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ستوزد معاذ رضي الله تعالى عنه first he said to him inni la uhibbuka ya muaz can we imagine the joy the ecstasy the happiness that hazrat muaz radhiyallahu anhu would have experienced it is beyond our imagination we can't fathom when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is addressing him and saying to him wallahi inni la uhibbuka ya muaz that i certainly love you o muaz can we imagine what would have gone through his heart and then after having said this to him rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then advises him that don't ever leave out reciting this making this dua after every salah now there are many times we are very fond and everything has its place everything has its effect that is obviously within the limits of deen and shariat what is uh, prescribed to us or given to us or taught to us by authentic mashayikh ulama ikram sometimes we spend a lot of time in wazaif etc which are everything in its place but those aspects that have been taught directly by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam many a times that is neglected so the greatest wazaif would be that which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself taught there cannot be anything beyond that everything else has its place but this should never be neglected then the dua after salah that has its own special merit and among the duas that are most accepted are the duas after salah so though this is perhaps something that might be recited almost like a zikr but it's a dua and a very very comprehensive dua so in this and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says to him that don't ever leave it don't ever leave this after every salah can we imagine the importance of it so the dua that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught him allahumma a'inni ala dhikrik wa shukrik wa husni ibadatik three things but in these three things everything is there these duas one is the dua that a person makes in a formal manner and they should be a part of a mu'min's day which is dedicated to dua in the formal manner with his hands raised and fulfilling as many of the adab as possible facing the qibla being in a state of wudu and without any other distraction with complete heart and soul concentrated towards the dua that is something that must be part of a mu'min's day without fail every day there should be some dedicated time for dua over and above that dua allah taala has made it so simple that the person is engaged sometime in his work he's walking going somewhere he's driving somewhere but in all these circumstances also his heart can be sometimes directly talking to allah taala his hands that time occupied holding the steering at that time while driving obviously he should totally avoid raising both hands and making dua it might be the dua ya allah make this mod very easy for me because if his hands are not on the wheel that might be where he might finish off 
So at that time his hands are going to be occupied, it's obvious. But his heart can still be engaged in dua, directly talking to Allah. And this is a very effective way of enhancing this taluk with Allah. Because the heart, the situation of the heart is that it just keeps flitting from one thing to the other. And in all kinds of thoughts. And then if the heart is ghafil, it is in heedlessness, from first from thoughts which are in within the permissible limits, then shaitan comes and whispers things and then the next thing a person is going into some other direction. But if the heart has been trained to keep talking to Allah Ta'ala, talking to Allah Ta'ala, dua, that's what's talking to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, make my day easy for me. Ya Allah, I'm driving, make this journey easy for me. Ya Allah, I have this need, you fulfill it. Making dua for oneself, one's family, one's relatives, the whole ummah, just by talking from the heart directly to Allah Ta'ala. So that is also something that we should be doing. We should be training the heart from time to time. Yes, a person needs to sometimes think about something that he, some work of his, needs to plan something. He'll think about that as well. But many a times it's just idle thoughts and just futile thoughts. And then borders on sinful thoughts. And then when it borders on sinful thoughts, then it suddenly is gone into sinful thoughts. So this is a very effective way of keeping the heart engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So nevertheless, this dua that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrik. Ya Allah, you help me. We are asking Allah Ta'ala's help. Alhamdulillah, we all ask for Allah Ta'ala's help. But very often, we are, the help that we ask for is confined to dunya. Ya Allah, help me in my work, help me to pass my exam, and help me to get this deal done, and help me to get the debts paid out. Alhamdulillah, all that too we have to ask from Allah Ta'ala alone. Everything we ask from Allah Ta'ala alone. But, together with asking for our dunya needs, it mustn't stop there. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana. The more important thing is, together with dunya, to ask for akhirat, to ask for the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. So in this dua, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is teaching us, ask Allah Ta'ala, Allahumma a'inni, Ya Allah, you help me. Help me for what? A'inni ala dhikrik. Ya Allah, you help me to remember you. Now, can we imagine the importance of the dhikr that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is teaching us to ask Allah Ta'ala to help us to remember him. So what will be the importance of that remembrance itself? So this zikr is extremely important. The importance of this cannot be overemphasized. And sometimes things which are very simple, very easy, they get taken for granted because of its ease, because of how simple it is sometimes. But that becomes a problem for us that we take it for granted. And something very difficult, somebody gives us some wazifa to do, that this must be read a hundred thousand times for this work to get done person is ready, but to make dua for five minutes, sometimes that becomes difficult. So, to remember Allah Ta'ala is an extremely important thing. The Quran Sharif in many places, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the command comes with not just making zikr, zikran kathira, excessively remember Allah Ta'ala. The zikr, the essence of the zikr is obedience. The essence of the zikr is itaat of Allah Ta'ala. To be totally obedient to Allah Ta'ala, that is the essence of this zikr. But to bring that total itaat, it requires the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala all the time. 
A person who becomes ghafil of Allah Ta'ala, that ghaflat will lead to disobedience. And that consciousness is developed by the zikr. By this verbal zikr. The zikr of the heart. This is the stepping stone to this consciousness, this istihzar, this ever constant remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Even if at that moment a person is not verbally reciting some zikr, he is apparently engaged and engrossed in his business, for example, or in some other work, but his heart is conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And as a result, his gaze will be conscious. His tongue will be conscious. His gaze will not look at what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. He will not now in that moment of some irritation, or some kind of, somebody provoked him, so as a result now he is saying all kinds of flowery languages. It won't happen. Because the tongue is also due to the heart being conscious, the heart is king. To the extent that the heart is conscious, the eyes will be conscious, the tongue will be conscious, the consciousness is in, in the heart, but the heart is controlling all this now. And as a result, he will not be saying things that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. He won't be dealing in a way that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. He won't be conducting himself at home with his house people in a way that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. So, the zikr, this is the stepping stone to this consciousness. And this consciousness this is the guarantee of obedience. Without this, a person is in, he's in all the time in this danger. So the zikr is extremely important when a person is sitting, taking the tasbih, reciting the tasbihad, durud sharif, istighfar, third kalima, or the other askar. At that time it seems this person is sitting, mashallah khair, alhamdulillah is doing a good thing, but the extent and the depth of that good thing is not fully understood. It's like that person who is in a, on a hospital bed, linked up to one drip. So now somebody sees some person who is not uh, familiar with this, doesn't realize what this is all about. What this is like a, some water down there. Meanwhile, it's not just water to start off with. Then now the drip is on. Say, well, this drip is on for half an hour, what happened? Can't see anything that happened. Person still just looks so sick. But after one hour, two hours, five hours, now that he has been rehydrated, the dehydration now has been turned around. So now suddenly he wakes up and starts walking. But he didn't start walking because of that last drop that came after five hours. The walking that started, started off because of the first drop that started off five hours ago. All that combined brought this energy. All this combined brought in that strength now. But now you stop the drip, stop that nourishment, so it doesn't become immediately noticeable that what happened. But it didn't <coughs> happen after one day, two days, now the person first couldn't walk, now after three days he can't lift a finger also. So likewise that zikr, the person skipped one day and thinks, well, okay now today is fine, tomorrow we'll see. And then tomorrow he misses it. But that first day he missed it, it didn't immediately become noticeable what happened. But by the third day, suddenly now he can't close his eyes. Here this person can't lift a finger, this person can't close his eyes from haram. Prior to that everything, mashallah, was going well. But then comes and says, but I don't know what happened. What happened? We know what happened. Skip the zikr, skip the tasbihat. So the energy went away. The energy goes away, it doesn't immediately become noticeable what went away. But the first day, second day, by the third day, now there's no energy. Now it's noticeable. But it didn't happen on the third day. It started off on the first day. 
It all combined to become this now. This weakness came in. The person skipped one meal. He carries on fine. It doesn't matter to him. He doesn't notice what happened. But by the end of the day, the second meal too he skipped. Now he can feel the hunger. And the next morning he can feel the weakness already. So this zikr is extremely important. It's not just something that's a very good thing only. It's extremely good. But it is also essential. That a person gives dedicated time to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Dedicated time to remember Allah Ta'ala in solitude, without any distractions. Apart from that, all the other azkar, tasbihat, while all the musnoon du'as, etc. That should be part and parcel of every person's life. But over and above that, together with that, this zikr, whatever might have been prescribed to us, otherwise at least the three tasbihat, that a person sits down without any distraction and remembers Allah Ta'ala daily. And just as that person who is now eating that very nourishing food, before that he felt, well, everything is fine. Now he started taking that nourishment, now he wonders that, but how I did without this? So sometimes everything seems okay, but it's not okay. It's just that we didn't know better. Now when the person starts eating that very, very nutritious food, really filled with all that vitamins and whatever other requirements are there, now he feels an extra strength. And now he feels he can do what he couldn't do before. But that is what we unfortunately deprive ourselves of due to neglecting the zikr. So, mashallah, whatever little is happening, we feel comfortable with that, we feel content on it. But this is the zikr that must continue daily, without fail. Including in this, included in the zikr is the laws of the Quran Sharif, all the other ma'amulat, the masnoon du'as, etc. So the first thing Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi taught, Allahumma inni ala zikrik. Then wa shukrik. Ya Allah, you help me to make your shukr, to be grateful to you. The zikr is linked to shukr. Without zikr, shukr won't be there. If a person doesn't remember Allah Ta'ala, he won't be grateful to Allah Ta'ala for his bounties. He forgot Allah Ta'ala, he'll start claiming it is my achievement. He did something and, mashallah, it was something, maybe help somebody out, whatever, or some other good work he did. But now when the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is not there, the zikr is not there, he'll start bloating about it, he'll start uh, becoming proud and haughty over it. My achievement. Why? Because he forgot Allah Ta'ala. He forgot Allah Ta'ala, forgot to be grateful to Allah Ta'ala also. That day went well. MashaAllah, it was a very good day. Made a wonderful profit that day. But now if the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is not there, he won't even make two rakat shukar. Ya Allah, you made this happen. Allah, this was your grace. He got saved from some calamity that was almost happening. That car just was right in his face and the last moment something happened, he swerved out of the way. The zikr is Allah, of Allah Ta'ala is not there. He'll say, hey, that was just lucky I did this. Lucky I did that. Oh, the training really helped. But Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Ya Allah, this is your protection, your grace. He forgot. The zikr was absent, so ghaflat came in his place. So ghaflat from shukr also. And if the reality of zikr is there, then he would be constantly grateful to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, everything is your grace. This one breath also, Sheikh Saadi Rahmatullah says, every breath a person takes, that one breath, he should be, is required to make two shukar upon it. 
Because if he didn't manage to take that breath in, couldn't breathe in, that would be moth. Can't breathe in then, how long is he going to survive? Half a minute, one minute, two minutes? And now he took the breath in, but then he couldn't breathe out. He couldn't exhale. Got stuck in and he can't exhale. That too would be moth. So every breath actually demands two sugar. And then if he managed to make that sugar, that sugar demands that he should make sugar on it. That Allah Ta'ala enabled him to make sugar. So this is an infinite exercise. It can never finish. That he could even be sufficiently making sugar on one breath. That he can't fulfill the right of sugar for. For one breath. Let alone everything else. So now to become conscious of zikr and shukr. Allahumma inni ala zikrik wa shukrik. The shukr is an extremely great ibadat. Again, a person sitting, for example, and one, it's a hot day, one nice breeze came past, and he felt comfortable, and in his heart he said, Alhamdulillah, Allah, this too is your ni'mat. That time he's just sitting, nobody can see what's going on. It's such an ibadat, that if a person is doing this in this manner, this ibadat is sometimes more free from riyah than most things. The shukr and sabr, when it's done deep from the heart, nobody even knows this person is doing this, he's sitting idly. But apparently he's sitting idly, his heart is engaged in a very great ibadat. And how simple. Sometimes we try to do things which are very, very, uh, takes a lot of effort. Alhamdulillah, everything is, has its merit. But, the stepping stones are these very simple amal. Simple in the context that it is very easy to do. Doesn't take any effort. But they are very great in themselves. Extremely great. So shukar is such a simple ibadat. Simple, so easy to do. But so deep. That this shukar keeps connecting a, a person to Allah Ta'ala. And keeps making him conscious that I am nobody, I am nothing. Allah Ta'ala is the doer. Allah Ta'ala is the provider. Allah alone is giving. The aspect of shukr together with this aspect of ibadat, a person who is genuinely, deeply grateful to Allah Ta'ala all the time, this hakikat and reality of shukr is in his heart, then he won't get depressed. He won't be in a state of, everybody has some ups and some downs, feel sometimes a little low, something happened, whatever, some grief. This is part of human nature. But a person who's heart is filled with shukr, he very easily bypasses and goes beyond these things. He also gets affected, he'll also shed some tears, he'll also feel some pain, some grief, but very quickly he manages to go past it. That he starts focusing, okay, this is one issue, fine, this is a challenge, but apart from this, Allah Ta'ala has showered me with so many na'mads. Now he starts focusing on all the, there's so many, if there's one negative, for every one negative, there's one million positives. He starts focusing from his heart on the one million positives, that negative becomes completely covered up in that. So he still feels pain too, he's insan. That pain is there, but that pain is masked by this ointment of sugar. Like a person who's sick, is very down and out, and suddenly one very close friend he didn't see for years, and somebody who he was very close to is probably communicating with the person, but never met him for years. And in the sickness, that person suddenly comes away. 
and a very close friend, somebody who is very attached to he forgets for that short period of time till he comes back to his senses, he forgot he's sick. That pain too went away for a moment. He forgot that, that something is happening here and something is aching there and paining. Everything got forgotten for what? The happiness of this moment masked all that pain. But now a few minutes later, again he came back to reality. But that happiness can mask the pain. The person is eating something very spicy, very hot. It's painful. It's, his tongue is on fire, his eyes are rolling with tears, his nose is running. But there's an enjoyment in that which is masking pain. He's actually enjoying that pain. So a person who is deep in shukr, this is an antidote to all this depression and anxiety to the extent, to the depth to which the shukr is made. It will mask it. We are insan. We are, it's part of human nature. These things will happen. It's not that a person is made of some concrete or some stick or stone. He'll feel emotions. He'll feel all these things. But this is that shukr. Allahumma inni ala dhikrik wa shukrik. And the third thing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught him, wa husni ibadatik. Ya Allah, you enable me to perform your ibadat with excellence. person is performing his salah, mashallah. But is that salah being performed with excellence? Husni ibadatik. One is a person is eating. So even he eats something very basic, simple, that too will fill his stomach, that too will nourish him. If he didn't get the protein from meat, he'll get it from dal also. But now one day the dal came, the second day dal came, the third day the dal came, next day he'll say, I'm not such a big buzrug. We still, I mean, hum to abdal abhi nahi bane. So now when it comes to his dastarkhan now, it's not something that he's content with something very basic. If he can afford better, then he wants it better. And then if he can't afford better too, he's trying to make it better. So when it comes to a person's food, it comes to his house, it comes to his car, it comes to his clothing, it comes to all his material things. So all the time we are looking to upgrade, update, constantly, there's no end to it. Something was the just came out new on the market. The one that was there before that was still brand new. But now because something new came out, that now becomes outdated. So now we have to upgrade. Because this is now finished as old now. We haven't even learned how to use that thing completely yet. But this is the question in Shan, in terms of dunya. Allah Ta'ala is saying, Nabi Salaam is teaching us, that this quest for excellence must come in our ibadat. To not be content with whatever is happening is fine, but how to keep improving it, how to keep progressing in it. Because this husni ibadat brings a person eventually to ihsan. This excellence in ibadat, to the extent an ibadat is not confined only to salah, only to the, the other aspects of ibadat that we perform in that manner. Our whole life is ibadat. So this excellence in this whole life in the sense that we connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. So what a very simple dua, in other words, simple, very short words, no difficulty in being able to learn it also, and to recite it also. But such a comprehensive dua, that in this, everything is there. Our zikr, shukr, and husni ibadat will link us to Allah Ta'ala. In the shukr, shukr for deen, shukr for the ni'mats of dunya, la in shakartum la azidannakum. We make shukar, Allah Ta'ala will increase those ni'mats, deen and dunya, everything is in this. Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq, that we bring these realities in our life, the reality of zikr, the reality of shukar, and Allah Ta'ala bless us with this husni ibadat as well.
وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين